Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Derailed Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Fred. Welcome back, Fred. Yes, it's been a while. Eh? Yeah, welcome back to us. Thank you. <laughs> I've been literally inundated with emails, calls, people waiting outside my house. Mm. Where's the latest episode? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, it's been exhausting, man. Just <laughs> like, you know, I didn't ask for this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've missed recording it. Oh, actually. It's hard being a famous person and <laughs> just <laughs> dealing with like rabid fans and oh, oh, shame, Chris. people <laughs> attaching notes to their bras and throwing it over my walls. And <laughs> oh, It's been exhausting. I haven't had any of that problem. Yeah, you were away. So, you know, I had to feel the, the crazy Fred fans as yeah. well. So, yeah, got lots of panties with your name on them as well. So, oh, really? Yeah, okay. I've got them in a box in my car. I'll give them to you <laughs> after we record yeah man so you were out doing some fun stuff yes yeah yeah we just had some friends visit from the uk and we went to like a game farm with them and stuff so it was fun nice yeah some good sightings yeah you sent some cool pictures mm. yeah yeah i saw some leopards and lions yeah yeah that one lion looked ready to eat you though <laughs> but he wasn't eh? yes but he was close it was yeah. a big male lion and i, I remember you sent the picture i was like uh maybe you shouldn't be taking photos because <laughs> one of those like open cars eh? yeah it's completely open yeah yeah but they take no notice of the car eh? yeah like, they often aren't really that interested eh? i've also no. seen them in some of those open cars like it's not it's not a size that could be prey for them and they yeah. also don't seem to be threatened by it. Like I think as people, you kind of a little bit, I think almost like meld into the general shape of the car. So you kind of look like this enormous entity. Yeah. But like the ranger also told us, like if the, like with the leopards and the lions, if the cubs grow up there, then they see that their mother isn't scared of the car. So they just, oh, okay, this is fine. And then they just grow up that way and they never care about it. So sure. Mm. That is interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so they're just used to the whole yeah, concept. It's just something in the bush there that's no threat to them or anything. So, yeah, I think if you, as soon as someone jumped off that car, though, I think they'd oh, be yeah. in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Because then you just become something totally different. Yes. You're not a car anymore. Now yeah. you're this two legged. Well, there is this theory that. Hairless monkey that looks delicious. Yeah, there is this theory that they see the car and the people in it as just one big object instead yeah. of distinguishing, like, oh, there are multiple smaller pieces of meat inside this big thing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so yeah 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 i think every now and then people have been attacked who were like leaning out of windows and stuff like that mm, okay like yeah. there was that one at the lion park here that yeah. woman got i think she got killed i remember it was like news because she worked on game of thrones or something oh yeah. she okay. was one of the like i know about someone that who got out of the car and got killed but I don't maybe know that was her yeah. yeah but i think she just had her window open if i remember correctly oh really and maybe just got a little bit too out there with the camera yeah. or i don't know what exactly happened yeah they, they do ask you not to stand up or anything yeah because that also changes this changes the shape of the, the yeah. object which could be weird so yeah hmm. interesting yeah. yeah it was fun yeah cool man mm. um yeah any exciting news oh we got some patrons we do have some new patrons uh we've got garrett goon and avery bailey both of them are on discord yeah thanks yeah. guys yeah. oh yes they have i've seen them both on there yeah yes yeah sometimes people's screen names are different to their to the real yeah. names to the names we get in patron yeah yeah but yeah I know no, thanks guys about. yeah it's cool man i've really enjoyed the discord's been such a fun thing so mm. thank you guys so much for supporting that it's really cool to see all the discussions and conversations and yeah so many online games yes yeah 
that are going on. We were originally in like all of them and now there's, it seems like hundreds that are going on without me. So yeah, I'm in, I think I'm in most of the 18xx ones. Yeah. People are firing up splatter games and stuff. Yes. That I'm not in. Yeah. Yeah. There are all kinds yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah. There. But that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm. Um, anything we want to discuss before we go on to emails? No. We can yeah. go on to mail. I don't think so. Sweet. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? All right. Um, so we got a, an email from, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Garrick Guerick. Guerick? That doesn't sound very accurate. <laughs> it's G-U-E-R-R-I-C. What do you think? I've seen that name. Yeah, we tried it before. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what we tried last time. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, he said in his email, um, Oh, what do you say? Good effort with my name. You guys successfully used the most common mispronunciation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have just done that again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't correct the, us. No, no. He didn't give me a correction. He's so. going to make a He just wanted me to mess it up again, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do my homework. I didn't go back and check. I'll just call him Mr. G. <laughs> <laughs> so he's also, he also says he just became a patron. Patreon. Mm, that's Patron. Me. patron. Yeah. Maybe I mispronounced it last time then. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Um, he said, simply because I was too lazy to log into Patreon until recently. <laughs> that sounds exactly like me, yeah, pretty much. Um, he said, I just wanted to say how much I enjoy and appreciate your podcast. When you started putting out episodes, is right when he had first begun 18xx with 18 Lilliput, which we still haven't played. Yeah, we haven't played. Which is kind of a 18xx, we're not really an 18xx. Yeah, it's, it's where like you a, lay down tiles. On yeah, it's well, like cards. Like yeah. cards, cards. Like square yeah. cards. There's no fixed board. Yeah, mm. so I've heard very mixed reviews on that. Some people like it, some people just say it's terrible. So, okay. yeah, I wouldn't mind trying it, but yeah. haven't oh. really felt inclined to buy it because I've also heard from a lot of people that it's not that short. And so, uh, okay. for me, it would have been cool, I think, if it was like a card game, 18xx, so it was yeah. kind of like that, but it took like an hour, but it seems Ooh. to not take okay. an hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, since then he's played a bit of 1846. Our condolences while he waits for Chesapeake Mex and 6167. So the same ones we've ordered, all the mm. recent Kickstarter stuff. And um, we're all also waiting. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're also waiting. I think coronavirus is going to keep us Ugh, yeah. waiting a bit longer with all the factories shut down and all kinds yes. of stuff. So yeah, I don't know what's happening. It's crazy with all of that stuff. Mm. But they've obviously got bigger things to worry about. Um, yeah, so he's basically been devouring all the 18xx content he can find since. He's fully addicted. But that's, yeah, that's how mm. it is. Eh? When you get into something, you just start consuming yep. all available media. Everything you can, yeah. Yeah, so he asked us um, what board games we still play besides 18xx or what we played before. Um, he said, I know you've talked about other train games like Age of Steam and Irish Gage. And you mentioned your game group was protesting a revolt to play more Euros. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, generally Euros. Um, I think some of our favorites, I think ones that we all like, Terra Mystica, Great Western Trail. Mm. Maracaba um, recently, which is like sort of Great Western Trail 2.0. Mm. Yeah, what else? We play a lot of, we have played a lot of Vital Lacerda stuff. So Gallerist, Vinos, Lisboa. Yes, yeah. Escape Plan, which I didn't really like. On Mars, which was meh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like very heavy euros. Heavy euros. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of started out with medium euros and now we play a lot of like very heavy stuff. Mm. We used to get in like two games on a weeknight. Now we frequently will get one in and like maybe a filler, but mm. oftentimes we play these long several hour euro games now. Yeah. 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 We also like those though. We also enjoy them. Mm. Um, we like pretty much all the train games. 
Yeah, Railways of the World was one we played a lot as well. Yeah, we've played a lot of that. That's a game I play a lot outside of our group as well because mm. it goes down well with... Yeah, it's a fairly easy teach noobs. and yeah. easy to get into, yeah. Yeah, and it's fun. It's one of those ones that's quite easy to teach, but it's quite gamery. Yeah. There's, there's enough meat on the bone there to make it interesting. Yeah. Um, I still quite like dudes on a map games. Those are the ones that you famously dislike. Yeah, I've never liked them. Yeah, so Fred doesn't really like much of the area control stuff. I still like a lot of those. Dad's on a map I'm fine with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dad's on a map is a cool <laughs> podcast. They also do a lot of 18xx stuff, if anyone hasn't heard them. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I have another group of like old school friends and stuff that I play games with sometimes, and that's where we often play like mm. all the dudes on a map stuff, the Madago stuff, Rising Sun, Twilight Imperium. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I love Twilight Imperium yeah. still. We should play that again. Yeah. Not my favorite, but I'll play it. Yeah. Dominant Species you quite liked. Yes, I do. Area control. Oh, Cryptid is another one we've gotten into. Yes. That's yeah. very good. That's a filler, though. Yeah, if you guys haven't played Cryptid, though, you might enjoy it. It's like yeah. pure deduction, but very, very clever. One of the most clever designs yeah. I've seen in the game. Super clever design. Yeah. Super easy to explain, but super brain-burning and mm. just, yeah, a ton very of fun. Very cool game. Yeah. Very cool little package, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I think in terms of new purchases, I only really purchase 18xx's now. Honestly, I have quite a big library of non-18xx games mm. uh, to the point where I don't really feel like I need more. Yeah, like a lot of new euros come out and they look cool, but Rudy's always going to buy. <laughs> yeah, Rudy and Simon still buy. Yeah, euros, they so. still buy those euros, so we end up playing them anyway. But yeah, I think I just have so many euros that I enjoy in my collection at the moment that I don't really feel the need to acquire mm. new ones anymore. Yeah, yeah, but you and I were never really the ones who purchased the majority. It was always yeah, always Simon and Rudy. They kind of collect them, so yeah, it doesn't Rudy's make got sense a massive to have like Mount, yeah. two of the same game in the group if you only play with a group so yeah although we do have we did have like three copies of great western trail <laughs> i think yeah i still have a copy of that one because i yeah. love that one yeah yeah that's definitely a group favorite for yeah. sure yeah and i have terror it does have a train well. in it though so yes <laughs> yeah yeah i'm curious actually how many of the people who listen to this podcast are just pure 18xx's and mm. how many engage in other kind of euro games as well yeah it seems on on discord I mean, that's a small sample, but there it seems that most people play some other games as well. Mm. Yeah. But often the similar style, right? Where they play a lot of heavy Euros or very economic games. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. But thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question. And thanks for the email. Mm. We also got another email from Remco. Okay. If I'm saying that correctly, that's a cool name. He's from the Netherlands. Um, he says, hello there, coolest South African 18xx dudes. I mean, we are definitely the number one South African 18xx podcast. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're <laughs> barely hanging in there. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> we've been clinging to that number one South African spot. Um, so he says he's just caught up on all the episodes. He loves playing 18xx but can't get to them as nearly as much as he wants to. He has a baby daughter and another on the way. Yep, we've seen Rudy struck down by the... Yeah, they're yeah. just future 18xx players. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Yeah, he <laughs> says, uh, my wife also loves heavy games and indulges me in the occasional two-player 18xx. So he says in about 10 years, he might have his, his group together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A nice group of four. Yeah, if you great. can't, that, that's the long, that's really playing the long game. If you can't find people to play with, <laughs> make them. Make your own. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh. They're all just going to get toy trains shoved in their face from a very early age. 
Um, so he says 1860, 1860 is a great game for that, which I always hear, but it's so expensive. Great for two-player. Yeah. Oh, okay. Always hear that one's great for two-player. It's also Mike Hutton. He's the guy who did 1862. Mm. Um, his as well, I think not quite as wild as 62, but yeah, always hear it's great, but it's something like... 250 $300 or something on the second hand uh, market. Okay. So, yeah, just really hard to find. It's one of those ones that people really want to reprint, reprint for. Mm, okay. And they also picked up Cologne after hearing us rave about it. Oh, nice. Um, so he says he lives in the Netherlands, so he gets to go to Spiel, which is great for oh, him. 90-minute wow. drive, he says. Hmm. Yeah, so you got to go hang out with um, Wolfram at the Marflow Games booth and all of that. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is pretty cool. It's probably where he picked up Cologne, actually. Yeah, probably. Uh, so he says, I also have something useful to share. He loves keeping an eye on the up and coming of 18xx, especially what's coming soon. Um, JC's weather forecast geekless is great for that. I don't know if you've seen that on BGG. There's a 18xx weather forecast. Um, so a lot of the 18xx geeklists are a bit um, sparsely updated and stuff. But I think that one's... Pretty up to date, but people basically post there any upcoming projects and things like that. Some of them come to fruition, it seems, and some of them don't. But okay. yeah, it seems like pretty much everything goes up there. So hmm. if anyone wants to check that out, you should be able to find it with a Google search. Um, yeah, so he actually listed a bunch of upcoming games. I just thought it's pretty cool. So I'm going to repeat them here because I think they'll be of general interest to everyone. Um, so yeah, he says this March or April, Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie's the guy who does 18CZ um 18 lilliput that stuff oh, okay um we'll launch he also did 1824 recently that kickstarter i uh, said we'll launch his next kickstarter for 1840 tramways in vienna each player has one holding company which holds up to three tramway lines mm -hmm. sound kind of sounds like the thing you were talking about remember you were talking about like what if companies could own other companies kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah we I'm, were talking about that once mm, yeah i was considering the holding company style Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, other quirks are that you choose at the beginning of a stock round how much you of your earnings you want to pay out in dividend. Beginning of a stock round. Okay. Also, each train acts like a diesel train, and trains don't rust, but just get worse over time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Marflow Games is also doing a Kickstarter for the first time, which is pretty cool, um, with 18DO and 18NR. So Dio is Dortmund, and it's all about running both train companies and beer companies, each with their own shares. Hmm. Pretty cool. I do like beer. I'm intrigued, yeah. 18NR is set in Namibia. Oh. That's cool. Close to home. Mm. And it's specifically for three players, though there are variants included for two and four players. Hmm. Oh, that's quite a weird uh, count there, actually. That is, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting that Marflow is doing a Kickstarter. They're jumping on, jumping yeah. on that train. Yeah. Uh, Lookout Games will republish 1880, probably still in 2020. So that's the one set in China. At some point, communism will hit and share prices can't drop or raise anymore. That's oh, didn't we speak about that? I think. Yeah. It feels like we spoke about that or maybe you told me about it or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's one that's been in the conversation because it's been talked about as sort of upcoming. Okay. Yeah. Quite cool. Seems quite divisive. Some people love it. Some people aren't so keen on it. But mm. yeah, I'm definitely keen to check it out. Um, I think they, I believe they were talking about it as well on train shuffling. as well. Oh, maybe that's where I, I think. It, yeah. yeah. They were chatting about it. And I think they really liked it. Okay. Um, also, companies have a set operating order not based on their share price. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, I, I can't remember how that, that well. worked. It was something that was decided when you start the company, I think. But there yeah. was times when you maybe you'd want to go last or maybe you'd want to go first, but you'd be stuck with that operator. You can't manipulate it. Okay. You're kind of stuck with that. 
Um, yeah, and Grand Trump Games after 6167 will be doing their 89, which we've discussed, mm. which we would definitely recommend. Yes. I think that's such yeah. a cool one to bring to Kickstarter. I want to get a copy of that, yeah. Yeah, man. I also like almost want to get a copy just yeah. because, you know. Yeah. I think it's one of those games where if we were going to do, especially if we were going to do a con and stuff, it wouldn't be a terrible thing to have a Extra. few copies of that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. To go around because it's just such a good, I mean, it's our choice for beginner game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All Aboard Games will come with their next pre-order batch somewhere after August when the current batch including 1849, 1822 MX and 18 New England is fulfilled. This will be a full Kickstarter just like Chesapeake. So 1822 will be the flagship game together with its 1822 Plus expansion as well as the two regional scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 1822 is a huge game. Mm. Um, I've heard quite operational, tons of private companies Tons of interesting stuff going on there. Okay. Seems pretty cool, but that's like one of those all-day games, I believe. And then 18 USA, which is a bigger 1817, which must be a pretty enormous game because 1817 is a pretty huge game. Yeah. Uh, 1817 is one of those very financial kind of games where you can short companies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, All About Games already did a a nice sort of uh, mass retail, whatever you want to call it, production of 1817. Um, And 18 Island will also be included, which I'm very keen on. Oh, yeah. 18 Island is apparently similar to 49. It's got hex trains and it's got mergers as well. But it's, um, well, 49 doesn't have mergers, but it Mm. includes mergers as well. But also like struggle struggle okay. trains yeah misery, misery trains. trains of notes yeah <laughs> so then aleph game studios is coming out of the couple i don't know if you know about aleph they did 1883 which was a disaster mm. um so kind of like a pretty production but yeah the rule book was a mess there was issues with like components rules all kinds of stuff um i remember on facebook there was this joint effort to try and like rewrite it and clarify it and someone was like spearheading that campaign mm. Yeah, a bit of a disaster, almost unplayable out of the box, and they've been fixing stuff as they go. Um, so they are offering corrected materials for 1883, um, but they're also doing Kickstarter for 1947. Okay. That's right. 19. It's a 19. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really going to fire up the 18xx <laughs> world, yeah. Um, yeah, so they're doing 1947. Um, they're also doing 18 Zoo, which is supposed to be like 18xx for kids. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, and then they also, the designer of 1841 um, is working on 1843 using a revised set of rules. Hmm. So 1841 is a beast of a game. Some people absolutely love it. I think it's the Northern Italy one. And that's one where companies can own shares in other companies. Okay. Yeah, and apparently it's just absolutely insanely brutal, mm. crazy stuff happens. I've always kind of wanted to try it, but it's a huge game. Mm. So there are more games on the horizon for 2021 and beyond. Spielworks is working on a revised version of 18SX, which is originally from Marflow, renamed to 18 Saxony, and Marflow's got a new one called 18BS, <laughs> Baltic States. <laughs> Unfortunate <Sure>. initials. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that as well, yeah. Sure. So a lot to be excited about. So yeah. you said, what games are you two most excited about and what's or some parts of the 18xx hobby you feel you've yet to explore? Um, games I'm excited about, um, ones that we've ordered, I think I'm most excited for 18 mechs. Mm. I'm just really cool for another like sort of 1830-ish game with a few quirks on a different map. Yeah. We've been playing so many complicated ones. Mm. I'm kind of keen for one of those like simple ones again. And 18 mechs is so 
loved by many people. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite excited for 18 Chasey Peak. Um, really curious yeah. to see how that plays. So. Yeah. Same kind of ideas. Yeah. That's a very simple one. Yeah. 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 Um, non ones we've ordered. Like I said, I'm very keen to check out 18 Island. Mm. I'd really love to play a full game of 1817. Yeah. There's a lot to learn there, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Like, I really want to play one of the huge games, one of the all-day yes, kind of games, because yeah. we haven't really done that, and I'd like to to engage with one of those. So, yeah, yeah, eighteen twenty-two would be a cool one to try. Uh, mm. Eighteen seventeen, yeah, and even that eighteen forty-one, which would be pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah. I think those are <laughs> those are in the future. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that as well. A for game sure. where you have to break for lunch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A real Saturday game. Yeah. Yeah, I want to pick one or two of those up just so that we have them. So when the opportunity does present itself, we can say, okay, let's yeah. set the Saturday aside. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll meet at nine in the morning. That'll be awesome. <laughs> we'll yeah. do it. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. be really cool. Yeah. Sweet, but thank you so much for the email. Yeah. I've got a what I'm going to categorized under email but it was actually on instagram oh yes i I sent you this one so christopher from sweden sent me an awesome message on instagram or christopher we're not sure christopher yeah the the double f christopher um yeah he um visited cape town with his family and said that they had as he said their best holiday ever which is great and he says it would never would have even been on his radar if it went for the podcast so that's uh very cool to hear, yeah. That was Yeah, I love that message. Thank you yeah. so much for sending that. It was just so cool. Like yes. I don't know, to have any kind of an impact in someone's life like that was just such a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool story. So I was telling everyone about it, like my wife and friends and stuff. I was like, Look at this message, how cool is this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, thank you very much for getting in touch and letting us know. And Sean, it looked beautiful where you were staying. It was. It looked like a nice place they were staying at. Yeah, yes, it looked great amazing. view and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was saying to Fred, they must have got a good exchange on the Krona. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Next time, if you can spend a day or so in Joburg, we'd love to have a game. Yeah. No. Listen, mm. if any anyone listening ever comes down to South Africa, we'd always love to meet up with you guys and yes. organize a game, or even if we just hang out and. chat or anything really yeah Yeah. really really cool yes but yeah thanks so much for saying that really really cool really glad that you had a good time yeah um yeah i'd hate it if we were like south africa is such a great place to visit and you're like (laughs) wow it sucks yeah i just wasted my money (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah no but thank you so much that was such a such a cool thing and yeah so glad you had a good time yeah nice so we actually played an 18xx that's exciting we got in a second play of 62 yes what were your second impressions like? This time round, it felt a lot tougher. Like, okay, I think it was just the way the random setup came out. Like the first time we played, I immediately like looked at the map and I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, this is my plan. I'm gonna buy these two companies. I'm gonna merge them. That's gonna give me two different train types, and I'll be able to get to London easily. This time, most of the companies that were close to London couldn't run off board, so couldn't run london um i don't know it just felt like i didn't have a clear plan from the beginning this time yeah my only plan from the beginning was i wanted to try the strategy that one of our patrons mentioned in the discord i can't remember who now sorry um but basically the idea of picking up a local train company early mm. and getting a bunch of trains for it with a bunch of warranties on each train. Okay. And then using that income you get from local trains for hitting spots, mm. getting using that extra income to fund the treasury to 
then buy more trends later on essentially right. yeah 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 so I, I triple warrantied like three or four i think it was three trains that you triple yeah warranted. two yeah. trains yeah 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 and it worked well for you and you won that game right i don't think i did didn't you no let me check oh man i was just trying to think about it was that. it was actually a while ago that we played yeah i was just trying to think who actually won i think i would have remembered if i won no that. you won did i win yeah Ew. <laughs> but simon was close it was like hundreds uh hundred okay. between the two of you okay yeah and there was five between me and rudy wow <laughs> yes five dollars <laughs> that's like close enough as almost makes no difference yes yeah, yeah. sure yeah, so that was my strategy early on. So I wanted to try that. Uh, it worked really, really well. Um, we did push the trains much faster in this one from A to D. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of assuming that everyone listening to this episode has listened to the previous ones where we sort of explain how 62 works. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can buy these warranties for the trains that basically when they would rust, they don't rust. Mm. Um, but the thing about the warranties is that you use them up whether or not the train is in rust phase or not. Yes. Just each time you run them. But the very first time I ran them, mm. it was with a warranty. Yeah. Like I would not have been able to run them at all if it wasn't mm. for those warranties. So I got full value out of those three warranties. Yeah. And I ended up getting big dividends off of that. Yeah. Those warranties were really, really good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Overall... I think just because I didn't have a clear strategy, it kind of felt like I didn't know what to do. So, yeah. I really wanted to merge a local train company with a, an offboard style <laughs> train company again, but just couldn't get there, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to have a plan coming in because mm. the randomization is such that, yeah, everything's going to be different. Every yeah, time. you have to look at the setup and then come up with a plan. And I, yeah. I couldn't come up with one that I felt was good. So... I mean, clearly there's a based one. <laughs> there should always be one. But yeah, I just couldn't get it together. Yeah, so. I think beyond my initial opening, I played quite reactively, mm. I feel like. there was a, I did a lot of like shifting stock around. Um, I was quite investory for a while. Mm. Yeah, I didn't start a huge amount of companies. Was this the one where you kind of got stuck starting maybe one too many companies? I think you did get in trouble with companies at some point because you had like four or something. No, I think this one... Deny, wasn't I the only one with one company coming out the first stock round? Maybe out of the first one. Yeah. I felt like later on you yes. almost overextended a bit. Yeah, I think I did later. And then you got yeah. in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I also wanted to try out the partial cap. So instead of floating during parliament round, uh, doing it during stock round. Just didn't come together. It just didn't work out. Yeah. So what I found with this one was that playing it for the second time, even though it was quite a long gap between our first and second plays, the rules felt much easier for me. Mm. I felt like I'd internalized the rules and I was focusing more on what I was doing rather than how I was playing. Okay, yeah. Um, Rudy struggled a lot with the roots. Uh, something that made sense to me, and when I explained to him, it seemed to click for him as well, is that we were talking about the freight trains and how they make kind of like a, a single one long single line. Yeah. I realized that that's basically true with all the trains or a lot of the trains in the sense that if you have like a bunch of local trains, you kind of have to join them together because each one has to intersect and you can only score each city once. Mm. So the place where they intersect, you'll only ever score it once. So what ends up happening is that you're kind of just making one long line. And adding them together so if i have like three local two trains i can basically count six points 
and I can never repeat any of them. Yeah, but you can also cross over each, each other. Like you can cross over your main route without connecting a head to a tail kind of thing. You can, but it will basically always end up making a line pretty much anyway, unless you have very long trains that can sort of mostly intersect with each other. But I found it way easier to just, because the way track generally works, you generally are mostly doing one long line. And it felt like it just clicked for me so much easier in terms of making my routes. Okay. Once I explained to Rudy, it sort of made sense to him as well. That yeah, you spend so much time trying to figure out like what crosses where, what does this, but actually they kind of all just connect to each other for the most part and you can each count anything once. So mm. the way it works out in practice is that essentially you make a long line. Yeah, yeah I didn't struggle with that. So I guess I don't need that. Way yeah, of thinking I don't know. It, it just worked for me with the, with the local trains mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you have different types of trains then you have to figure out where you're crossing them or yeah. what goes with where. But yeah, I found that pretty easy mm. to understand in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I find that um, with Rudy and Simon, they had the same experience both games. Where in the beginning, they were like into it. They're like, this is cool. And then in the middle, when they were like all these routes to calculate, they got frustrated because they couldn't figure out all the rules and they got like overwhelmed with all the different stuff that was going on. And then they were like, this is a bit crap. And like, mm. <laughs> this game is irritating and there's too many rules and this is overly bloated and blah, 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 right? And then towards the end, they were like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like it was the same both times where it they is. sort of got frustrated within the middle and then they kind of figured it out again. And then they're like, oh, okay, no, it's actually quite cool. I, I enjoy this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Rudy stood by his sort of feeling that, and I think other people might feel this way, that he can get the same depth of experience from something much less convoluted or with much less rules. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think I like it because it's so weird. So it just mm. poses a different kind of challenge. Yeah, yeah. But this one's probably going in the two-player department. Yes, we must still do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Fred and I will mostly play this one two-player from here on out because I don't think Rudy and Simon are super keen on playing it over the other ones that we have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. But yeah. so I think, again, it comes down to, it's the kind of game, you can definitely persevere with it if you, even if you're new to 18xx, but mm. it's definitely more of an experienced one. Yeah. Well, maybe a year from now, if we try it again with them, they'll like it more. We'll see. Yeah. That's mm. kind of the thing, right? I can't help but feel like because we've played more 18xx than them, mm sort of internalizing the rules is just easier yeah so yeah. we're more focused on the strategy and the interesting elements yeah because it is frustrating if you're constantly trying to remember how do roots work again and how do i calculate this again and yeah if you have to struggle with the root calculation every single time it is a pain you know because that's what frustrated us in 46 even when we had to keep on mm. doing roots over and over again and those aren't hard they're just tedious yeah so i think for like rudy especially in the mid game it was becoming tedious he was just like kept losing count and it's like i can't remember like what i'm supposed to connect to what and yeah. and then it is just irritating it just yeah. becomes frustrating yeah no. so yeah definitely not uh, a beginner 18xx for no, sure no but i still enjoyed it so yeah no i enjoyed yeah. it a lot yeah. yeah i thought it was quite an interesting play um in the sense that yeah i was just trying kind of different stuff i still think merging is quite tough Mm. it's tough to know when to merge simon made a merge that uh, it feels like almost kind of cost him the game uh because there wasn't necessarily a benefit to it mm. so he lost value on his shares and then yeah it was tricky. but he merged he did a the merge was fairly late in the game though right? it was fairly late I, yeah. to me it feels like if you're going to merge you should do it early 
Well, you could make the argument to merge. Yeah, well, that's actually true. Depends how late, right? If it's very late, then probably not. Because yeah. one of the reasons to merge would be shared limits. Um, yeah, so, so the way I think about it is you're going to lose a bit of value when you merge in stock price. But the lower the stock prices are of the two companies you merge, the less you lose. Yeah. So that's why. So I, I think, but I mean, I've only played twice, but I think uh, I would try to merge soon after floating, like as soon as possible after floating, because then you lose uh, the least value in the share prices, but you gain you, you have to, in my opinion, merge with a, a company that has a different train type. Uh, otherwise, you don't gain much except merging the the treasuries but i think the biggest benefit in merging comes from getting access to a different train type so that's why i would merge and i would do that as soon as possible to lose the least in the share value and then later on in the game because the director shares are triple certs they're like 30 percent for each um president cert yeah uh you lose a lot when you merge late game um those those triple certs are worth a lot for the cert limit later in the game yeah. the other thing with merging earlier is that the lower you are down the share price thing the easier it is to get like triple jumps and quadruple yes. jumps and stuff like that especially if you get access to a new train type you can make up those yeah with the, the double and triple jumps yeah yeah so it's easy to bump your stock price back up again very quickly yes. yeah that's a good point yeah yeah yeah, so it's tricky, man. It's it's a game where the timing is very tricky. Mm. And you can often make what turns out to be a pretty bad decision. Mm. Like Simon's merge, he even said himself, he's like, mm, I think I kind of cost myself the game yeah. doing this merge, you know, um, because it just felt like it almost lost him more yes. than it gained him necessarily. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's very tricky to know when to do it because merging feels pretty cool, but then... Yeah, you kind of like lose value and you lose half your shares and you're like, mm, okay, mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm almost in a worse position mm. than I was. Yeah. And you got to time your merge before your trains rust as well. Otherwise, your company gets half valued. So yeah, that's that's something that I did with my company. So I had the local trains and I warranted them all up and I got a bunch of money back into the treasury through those um, local trains. But what I did then was right before the trains were going to rust. Mm. I merged it into the other company. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool because then I wasn't forced to buy a train and they weren't at half price and then I got to merge their two treasuries and this new company I could then fund much mm. better trains for. Yeah. But I got to run my twos for ages, so that was great. Yeah, yeah, I know that timing is important for sure, yeah. So that's something that you might want to do as well. But yeah, yeah it's tricky, man, tricky. I, I think what was interesting in our game as well was that we pushed the trains really fast from kind of A to D. Yeah. Um, and then we stalled out our train buying in the mid game. So all the A trains come with a free warranty because there's a high likelihood you won't get to run them. Right. But all I think it's the D trains come with a free warranty as well. Mm. For the same reason. Mm. But our D trains lasted a long time. Yeah. We totally stalled there. We didn't have that second train rush that the game almost expects you to have. Yeah, it felt like all the companies were broke. Like no one had yes. money in the treasury. And we didn't have cash. Yeah. Mm. So I think what it came down to was that we basically all floated chartered companies at the beginning. Mm. And lots of them. Like a couple of us floated two chartered companies where you get that big cash injection early. But I think what we did there was we basically blew all of that cash and then we were done. Mm. I think we needed to balance that with some non-chartered companies where we could raise the share price a lot 
and then fund that company. And then issue shares also. Well, you can't issue shares oh, yeah, in you this can't game. Issue, yeah. But what you could do is buy your shares and then sell them. Right, yeah. Yeah. You could do that, and that would give you access to a lot of capital. So yeah. I think that we needed to use the benefit of non-chartered companies more mm. in terms of like treasury management. I think that's something we didn't do. Yeah, I think that's something you don't want to overlook. It's really nice getting free money, full cap style. You just pay your five shares or whatever, or is it six? I think it might be five. Eh? I think it's 50%. Yeah, but anyway, then you get this big, nice wad of cash injection, and it feels amazing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, buyer, buyer beware. Yeah. Because <laughs> the non-chartered company routes, if you floated low, let's say like 60, and then you easily get like a triple jump or something like that, you can jump that stock very quickly. Mm. And then you're looking at buying up shares later on for lots of money. Yeah. And you can inject much more cash into that company. Yeah. Yeah. Which gives you access to potentially much more. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's a good thing to try next time yeah yeah i think we just went a little bit too all in on chartered companies mm. early i think chartered companies early are great but i think a non-chartered company managed correctly could leave you with a lot of capital control because yeah. if someone could have positioned themselves that they survived that early train rush but then they had a lot of money in the mid game there everyone mm. else at the table would have been screwed mm. imagine you hadn't gone balls to the wall like everyone else and you'd set up something where you could sort of have a lot of cash coming into those d trains everyone was broke right as we were saying and we sat yeah. on those trains for ages if you could have quickly managed to like push through those trains a lot faster mm. and force that game forward everyone would have been in a lot of trouble yeah definitely yeah. would have yeah. been sweating bullets at the table yeah yeah for sure yeah. you could have potentially put a lot of people in hot water so yeah if you any time in 18xx if you can be the one pushing the trains or controlling the money yeah yes. you're in a great position so yeah. so how is it kind of ranking for you how are you feeling about the game overall i think i enjoyed the first play more than i enjoyed the second play maybe because it was all new and you know yeah um but yeah, I think that me just kind of struggling to come up with a plan at the beginning also affected my enjoyment of it because it felt like I was struggling throughout, you know, yeah. trying to just come up with something that works kind of thing. But I still enjoyed it. I still liked it a lot. You know? Yeah, sometimes in those games, you can feel quite stagnant. Eh? Mm. Like I, the, my worst games are the ones where I just feel like I take no risks and I just right yeah potter along you know yeah. what i mean i'm just like what am i doing yeah, yeah. I, I suck what is this and then you lose and you're just like i didn't take any risks i played safe and i did terribly yeah yeah, yeah. but sometimes you do get kind of stuck because you're not really sure what to do and then it doesn't really feel like things are working and mm. yeah it's more fun to try something drastic and fail yeah than it is to just sort of muddle along and not really sure what kind of plan you have you know? yeah definitely yeah it's like a game of 49 we played where i was like okay i'm gonna start this company and then i'm gonna close it and whatever whatever and it turned out being a disaster because mm. i was trying to make the blue company work but uh yeah i messed that up go back and listen to that episode you can hear all about my failed plan there but yeah um but i still enjoyed it but i had fun because i <laughs> yes. got to execute an interesting plan and do something yeah. cool even though it failed miserably yeah 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 for sure yeah which i think is generally better mm overall i still really really like it it's still mm. really up there for me um i think it's really cool it's really fun it's really different yeah the novelty definitely hasn't worn off yeah i'm very keen to see how it plays it too yeah i think it'll be fun at two because it'll go quite quickly back and forth and mm. 
yeah, yeah we'll have a lot of yeah we must try and do that soon yeah. mm, i think we should i think it'll actually be quite fun at a low player count yeah. i've heard that it's good at two okay yeah i've heard that it is a good game at two and it makes sense there's a lot of companies to play with and there's that small map that will get tight very quickly no matter how many players and yeah yeah um, kind of mess around with your treasuries and yes because it's kind of like euroish in that way that there's a lot of like puzzle optimization stuff that you're trying to figure out right in yeah. terms of making like good financial decisions or good treasury decisions so yes, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a lot to figure out in that sense so that's yeah. the kind of stuff that's fun regardless of how many players are in the game yeah yeah man yeah cool. well that's our second impressions of 62 yeah yes. still really recommend it if you want something totally different or yeah mm. are pretty experienced yeah it's good stuff for sure yeah 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 man i also played arkwright oh you did yes, yes. okay without let's hear you. about that yeah without you unfortunately yeah. yeah i thought i'd talk a little bit about it because people in the discord seemed quite keen on it mm. they a lot of people love that game yeah very economic game hey yes yeah yeah very cool game very interesting i enjoyed it i don't think i enjoyed it as much as an 18xx but i really enjoyed the play the play uh i really found the share thing in that interesting so something in discord Someone in Discord said, don't think of the shares as or a shares in like an 18xx. A shares in Arkwright, they said, is like a score multiplier, which is a super good way to think about it, I think. Um, because basically you can buy your own shares, but you can also sell your own shares to get money. And money is tight in this game. Uh, and your share price moves up. Uh, during the play so at the end of the game money counts for very little if anything oh basically yeah that's that's right basically at the end of the game you can convert all your remaining money into shares at your current share value okay and then that basically becomes your score is the number of shares you have with a couple of other things so it's this really interesting balancing act of having enough money at the beginning of the game but also getting to buy your own shares when they're cheap yes because the later you buy them the more you spend on them so that I found really, really interesting. That was really cool. That's the whole like resource management tension there. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But a super interesting way of doing it. Yeah. And I, I don't know the rest of the, I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't think I can is remember. Is it 18xxy at all in terms of the economic stuff? I mean, in terms of the like play interaction, is there a lot of that? Can you cross invest? You can't cross invest. There's an expansion where you can buy shares in other people. Okay. But uh, we played Waterframe, which people who know the game well will know what that means. I don't quite know what it means because it's the yeah. only one I've played. There's two, like, I think there's two main variants, and one is sort of the more beginnery one. Yeah, Waterframe is not the beginnery one. Okay. So there's a there's a more basic one that's called something else, but we yeah. played the, the full game. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you would call it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there is apparently an expansion where you can buy shares in other people. The main form of interaction is so you've got factories that produce certain goods like food or clothing or whatever. And the, every there's like four phases of the game that cycle through and each phase is basically one resource type is the focus. And then um, everyone also has kind of like a, well, what do they call it? It's almost like a quality or a desirability for your particular brand of clothing for okay. example so the more desirable your brand of clothing is people will buy your clothes first like you will be the first to sell so you produce x amount uh, of clothing everyone else produces their amount of clothing and there's a certain demand for clothing um, and only the demand let's say there's a demand for 10 then 
together, everyone will only be able to sell 10. But even if you're last in desirability, I don't think desirability is the right word, but I'm sure people will know right. the term from what I'm from desirability. But even if you last, you will still usually get to sell something the way that it works out. It's, it's quite clever. But that's the main form of interaction, I would say, because there's a track where you can increase your desirability and get basically be able to sell the most. So would you describe it as a mean game or not really? Our play wasn't super mean, but I think it can be once you get to know the game better. Um, at the beginning of the game, the desirability factor wasn't that important because there was enough demand to everyone could just sell everything they produce. But as the game carries on, um, there's an interesting thing, thing there as well. Like you get workers to work in your factory and the more workers there are that are employed, the higher the demand is for all the resources okay so you have a little bit of a kind of control on that as well um so as the game progresses obviously people have more like manufacturing lines in the factory so more people are employed so does um demand goes up uh, and as the demand goes like up it gets more difficult to supply everything also because you're producing more and everyone else is producing more that kind of like desirability track gets more important okay um and yeah i think that's the main main interaction i'd say is just kind of jumping ahead of someone else on that track and taking away some of their sales from them because money is really really tight how long did it take it took a while it was a long play um i'd say four hours Maybe. Would you rather play an 18xx in that time frame? Yes, I think I would. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you like it? I did like it. It it was it was fun. It also felt like it stalled a little bit at the in the middle. It was very very brain burny as well. Okay. Trying to trying to balance all those things because you have to like the amount you manufacture. You have to kind of work out: Will I be able to sell everything I manufacture? And if not, should I? Because that's also you. You can you can manufacture less and increase your desirability. That's kind of like a scale you can play with. So then you're sitting there trying to figure out. Okay, I'm producing this much. This is probably how the desirability is going to look. So will I be able to sell it all? If not, then I'm better off like increasing my price and selling less, kind of thing. You know, rather than selling eight at the at six dollars each, maybe sell seven at eight dollars each or something. Right. Um, especially if I won't be able to sell eight, depending on where I am on the track or what the demand is and stuff. So very, very brain burning, but okay. fun, like a fun. So kind of like a heavy economic euro, yes. one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Mornay, the guy we played with, he's very keen on playing another 18xx as well. So I think we should go yes. go and visit him with an 18xx sometime. Yeah, I played 89 with him. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, I dumped a, com- a trainless company on him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so mad about it, not with me, but with himself, because he acted first in that stock round. Right. And he said, like, it's weird because I knew you were going to do that, but I just thought, ah, oh, I'll sell these shares when the turn comes back to me kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if he wasn't thinking it through. I mean, it was his first game, but he was just like, he knew he was at risk. He knew I could do it. He knew what the implications were, but just somehow allowed it to happen. Yeah. So when I did it, he was just so irritated with himself. And yeah. I very, very nearly bankrupted yeah. him. And then he just bankrupted himself. But he still <laughs> wants to play again. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No shame. He took it well. But mm. He was just so annoyed with himself. Like, why did I let this happen? Yeah. Yeah, and I think we should go play 
a game with him. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Really, really cool. Sweet, man. Cool. Uh, anything South African you wanted to chat about? Um, no. Do you have something? Uh, well, I was reading the news. I don't know if you've been reading the news lately with all this. I thought it was quite funny, all this Soweto stuff that's happening. No, I haven't. Have you been reading it? No. So um, everyone knows about load shedding probably at this point. These like sort of rolling power cuts that we have because our power utility is a disaster. <laughs> mm. So they're trying to fix it now. And they have a new CEO sort of like taking a really tough approach and just trying to sort out everything that's kind of messed up. So for years and years and years, like literally like 20 years or something, um, the biggest township in South Africa, which is sort of like an informal settlement. So you talking about some are like shacks, some are like full on houses. It's a whole mix of stuff there. Mm. Um, but they haven't been paying for electricity yeah. for years and years and years. So they are 18 billion rand in debt. Soweto is, specifically. All, yeah, all so just Soweto yeah. is 18 billion rand in debt, which is about one and a half million dollars, billion dollars, sorry, one and a half billion dollars, yeah. something like that, right? So it's a large sum of money. So now ESCOM is cracking down. They're saying, pay back the debt or we're cutting you off. So they've started cutting off power mm. to Soweto. So this has caused like massive riots, uprising, all this kind of stuff, which I suppose you could imagine if you've been getting free electricity yeah. For years and years, you'd probably be pretty bleak if it was cut off, even if it's fair, right? Mm. So, yeah, it's made huge news now because, yeah, it's like this big crackdown and no one ever thought they would do it. They thought they'd yeah. be too scared of, like, losing the votes from that area and all that kind of stuff. So, but it's become this whole battle because now what's happening is that they cut them off and they illegally wire these connections. Right. Which yeah. is, like, crazy, man. They just, like... It's dangerous They just well. Yeah, they just do this, like, home wiring job. They just run wires to power boxes and stuff. Mm. So if you see the videos, there's, like, wires, like, just I on the side of, of the streets and yeah. stuff. Did you see one? But yeah. there's just wires crisscrossing everywhere, like, live crazy, yeah. high-voltage wires. So it's insane. So And then when the ESCOMs, the ESCOMs are power utility, when the employees come back to disconnect it, they, like, get attacked. There's people standing guard. Mm. by these connections day and night to stop them from disconnecting it again so it's become this whole thing and then i saw their latest demand was just allow us to pay 150 rand a month for unlimited electricity oh wow which is like ten dollars yeah yeah ten dollars a month for unlimited electricity that's their latest demand yeah but the to well Eskom's i mean that's, credit they're not backing down yeah that's more money than eskom was getting from from them anyway yeah but i think they're trying to take a firm stance here and say because there's actually municipalities all over south africa that are in debt mm. and that's that stuff's actually really sad because those are corrupt municipalities that haven't paid debt on behalf of the people they've been collecting from the people in the yes. city but they haven't been paying the escombo exactly they're just pocketing the money yeah yeah so that is actually super sad because those people get cut off and they've been paying and yeah. they've been paying so yeah. yeah there's people in major crap now. yeah no i think that that needs to be sorted out as first and i think there's also super high salaries in escom like there are too yeah. many people employed by escom earning ridiculous sal salaries for just for the sake of yeah so here's a funny story one of my friends used to work at escom right and mm -hmm. and he said it was like an absolute joke there there was like really not a lot of work to do it was actually almost like kind of a depressing job right. like he got a good salary as an electrical engineer he got a good salary for literally just 
showing up and like doing some stuff but like he'd go to a meeting in the middle of the day and then just like go home (laughs) kind of thing but he said there was a guy who worked with him who would come to work every day hang his jacket over his chair and then leave and he did that for months literally did not do a single minute of work and still got his salary and still got his salary because it was literally just so many people employed and so mismanaged that no one knew what the hell was going on so and i think they need to sort that out first i mean it's important to get everyone to pay for their electricity but yeah yeah well i think they're trying to do everything at once right i think they they're sort of taking a yeah. a wide approach to sorting out all the stuff that's wrong yeah because it's insane so when they load shed our most common one is what they call stage two which is shedding 2000 megawatts from our grid our mm. power grid but there's something like 10,000 megawatts in unplanned outages hmm. so 10,000 megawatts is lost just due to stuff breaking down yeah that's how poorly maintained and run it is at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. So they basically told us now for the next like two years, just expect load shedding because we are just not going to try avoid it anymore. Mm. We just need to fix everything. There's going to be load shedding because before they were worried about the political implications and stuff. So their goal was always to like not load shed. Mm. But it was just really bad because nothing was getting fixed because they wouldn't want to turn anything off or whatever. So it was just sort of keeping it afloat, but in a totally unsustainable way. So now the new CEO has come in. He's like, okay, guys, sorry, this place is a mess. (laughs) There's going to be load shedding for two years, but hopefully after that, we'll be in a solid position. We need to fix all this crap now. Okay, well, yeah, hopefully they can. Which I think is a pretty good attitude, actually. I think people appreciate the honesty. They're like, yeah, cool. Okay, we'll sit through this crap for two years and do what needs to be done. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Eskom is like usually in in a system like that in water supply, electricity supply, all those things, you always want some spare capacity for if when something goes wrong, you can deal with it. And ESCOM, for the last couple of years, has had no spare capacity ever, I think. Yeah. So it's always like the tiniest thing goes wrong and then there's power failures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why now anywhere you go, like restaurants, shopping centers, hotels, all of that all have generators now. Yeah. yeah. Because they just have had to, yeah. yeah. So residences generally suffer without power. Like I don't have generators or anything because it's just too much of a mission. But yeah, yeah um, anywhere you go outside, out in the world is generally fine because yeah, yeah. they all have generators at this point. Yeah, a lot of people have battery banks as well with inverters. Yeah. And they just... But I mean, that also puts more load on the grid when the power is on. Yeah, Because true. now people are just storing electricity Trying to charge themselves. their batteries. Yeah. yeah. And then when it goes off. So, I mean, those things help to flatten out the peaks and valleys of the supply sure, curve, yeah. supply and demand curve. But it does mean that when there is supply, more of it is being used than is actually being used to power stuff. Some of it is just being stored in batteries. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. If everyone had an inverter, it would actually probably cause problems for them. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But what they're also doing now, sorry, guys, we're going super deep into the like <laughs> South African electricity crisis, but... So previously, ESCOM had this policy where they refused any independent power providers. Right. They were like, we are the only ones allowed to do power. You can't sell power to us. You can't make your own power, et cetera, et cetera. They are now retracting that and they are willing to buy power from independent power providers. That's good. That's good because I think they've proven that they can't supply it. So yeah. <laughs> then, but like, this, it's fine. If you want to be the sole supplier, then you must be able to supply it. Yeah, and they can't, exactly. So. so this is all that new CEO, which is pretty great. That's I think great, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and our, yeah. our new president is a lot better than our old one. And he's also, yeah, I think everyone's just like, look, we can't afford to be arrogant and just say yeah. like, no, we only get to do it. I mean, yeah. 
we're failing we need yeah. that support so yeah. yeah so there's a lot of stuff in place so it's actually going pretty well all things considered yeah yeah in terms of yeah. getting things back on track yeah hopefully it'll improve from here on yeah yeah Good. so that's the that's a big drama that everyone in south africa is talking on, about on the plus shedding. side for most of our listeners durant's very weak at the moment yes yeah <laughs> that's why i say yeah everyone should christopher should show everyone that cool ass place he stayed in I'm yeah like, oh yeah and how cheap it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> no but yeah no that's why we always say like the exchange rate will treat you very well here yeah, so. you don't need electricity sitting on the beach <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but wherever you stay they'll have generators anyway so yes. you'll be fine you'll stay in somewhere nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you come stay at my house we might as well sit and play 18xx by candlelight for a bit but, oh, which is fun as well yeah that's cool we've done it <laughs> but cool thank you guys thanks so much for listening yeah thanks very much yeah and we should be back to our normal weekly schedule from here on out no i'm afraid i'm away again oh yeah week. i forgot you're away again <laughs> man where are yeah. you going this time? Uh, to Mauritius. Ah, so you are going to go lie on a beach. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Fred's Fred's living the high life. I'm just here. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm going away. Grinding again. away. Uh, it won't be too long. I think we might only miss one episode. So. I forgot, man. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a total lie. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> I'm a, and I've been so bad with Twitter here. Yeah. we do actually have a twitter but yeah mm. yes i checked our email and it's the podcast email it's like you have 80 notifications on twitter I'm like, oh, oh my god <laughs> but half of that is just like oh someone tweeted or whatever yeah okay okay yeah so sorry if anyone contacted me on twitter i will make an effort to be better yeah yeah so unfortunately probably not an episode next week but the week after hopefully we're back yeah and then we should be then we should be back to yes our normal selves yeah uh, yes <laughs> friends just mentally oh, do i have any other overseas <laughs> holidays planned let me think yeah no. <laughs> cool cool but thank you so much guys yeah thanks very much cheers bye if you would like to get in touch with us we are at derailed 18xx on instagram and twitter you can email us derailed 18xx at gmail.com and we're on patreon at patreon.com slash derailed 18xx thanks for listening <laughs>